gentlemen welcome to wandavision 30 questions a show where each week we ask 30 questions about the new show wandavision on disney plus i am your host adam porters and joining me today he's disappointed there's no brian cranston in his underpants sweet sean zakovacs from the internet well where is he and he just got past your firewall bruce leslie that sounded kind of dirty. It did, but uh, <laughs> oh man, I am excited. This show, I, every week, I go, what are they going to do this week? And I am excited each and every one of them. I don't know why. I like this show a whole bunch. <laughs> Let's get into question number one. In the opening credits, why is Pietro the only one whose title card was listed as himself? What could that mean? Does it mean anything? Am I going insane? Am I trying to look over everything with a fine-tooth comb in this movie? Or tv show whatever i think it might mean he's the only one who's not actually himself yeah it would probably seem to be because as far as we know we see wanda we see the twins we see agnes everybody has just their names and you know i know in sitcoms and everything it used to be and you know what's his nose as the beef uh but at the same time i don't know like this show again nothing nothing is on accident in this show i don't think it's true. I, yeah. I, I think I think that they're trying to point to this is not what this appears to be. And we definitely get into a bit more of that as these questions go on. Let's go on to number two. I think they nailed a 90s Malcolm in the Middle style intro. Do you think this is almost a forgotten corner of the sitcom world? Because I loved it so much in the time and I hardly ever hear people talk about Malcolm in the Middle anymore. Well, first of all, let's let's get this completely straight. That title that title song that we heard at the top of our podcast here, that ain't, they might be giants. No, <laughs> they might not. be giants is a far superior band to what we got today. Uh, but uh, I think, I think that it is, it, it still exists. It's just a, a smaller version of this show. So like, I think that young Sheldon is a, is a version of Malcolm in the middle. Um, that it's, it's, it's definitely, it takes its lineage from, from Malcolm in the middle. Yeah. From the kid, like addressing the camera directly and everything to obviously just the single camera style show now, as opposed to the three camera that we've been doing for the sitcoms up to this point. But Bruce, you're absolutely right. Is there's a very specific thing about this time and there's not, maybe I don't watch enough, uh, current, I know I don't watch enough current actual, you know, sitcoms and stuff like that. But like in that late 90s, early 2000s and stuff between like this show and like Bernie Mac, there were a couple of shows that really had this different sort of style to them. And they really ape it super well in this show of like, where is all of this music coming from? My God. And that's, I mean, it's very accurate to these shows where and, there's like this I wild, weird the, music bed underneath everything. I think the music is a reason some of this is forgotten because at the time it was like just at the edge of when they still weren't thinking about online release. You know, they weren't thinking about streaming. They weren't really even thinking that much about DVD and video release. And they got broadcast rights to music at a time when people were in a post Napster world, very clear in their contracts that you couldn't distribute their music online. 
that you could broadcast it. So I know that when I tried to look up, because for the longest time, you just couldn't get old episodes of Malcolm in the Middle, and a lot of it came back to music. I didn't realize that. I didn't realize that was one of the ones, because at least from what I remember, it sounded a lot like these kind of for lack of a better word, generic sort of odd music takes in the yeah, background. But, you know, they might be giants or not generic and they put other stuff in there that was kind of like indie rock and Okay. And and you know in the eighties in the contracts nobody ever thought about streaming, so you just gave away the rights to everything. Oh yeah. And then in the nineties you were given broadcast rights but not streaming. And now if you're gonna get your thing in a show, you're gonna give them all the various rights. But this was at that weird time where music had moved online, but television shows hadn't. So those contracts for the music rights had this big flaw that kept them from being streamed for a long time. Where were you guys on Malcolm in the middle as a show? Did you watch it at all? One of my all time faves. Hmm. John, I liked it. I like, I, I can't really, I watched some of it. I think my brother liked a little bit, a little bit more than I did. And really he was Frankie Muniz's age as that show goes on. So it kind of makes sense that he would connect uh, well with that show. But I don't know for there's sometimes with shows where families are fighting a lot. Cause I did not come from a family that fought. <laughs> I come from a very peaceful, loving family to where like a, a Rarely, very rarely is a voice raised around the house. It's like we're not demeanor, you know, small, you know, people or anything, but, you know, we never really yelled at each other. So, like, families yelling at each other on TV makes me wildly uncomfortable. I could never get into Roseanne because it was just like everybody's always so mad at each other. I don't like it. Uh, being like the academically gifted kid in a dysfunctional family with huge amounts of unrealistic expectations placed on you, you're just trying to make it through this world where you get socked in the eye at any moment while, you know, also trying to think about it. No, I absolutely <laughs> felt like I used to be that kid at one time. So I loved Malcolm in the middle. And the secret sauce to the show is not the children. It's the adults. Yeah, oh yeah. They're, I mean, they're, they're both, both the, both of them were, were really kind of the keys to that. For but sure. also the kids were all kind of great too. I mean, it was just they are. an incredible ensemble cast. Even when they have people like drop in for like a four or five episode arc, the guests were good. It didn't. Doesn't Frankie Muniz have something like I, I heard something quickly on the internet? I didn't look he's into. He's had it. some. He he's problem? had some automobile accidents because he was into car racing for a brief period of time. That's given him this uh, repetitive head injury syndrome, similar to dementia. So he yeah. does not remember things very well. That's what I heard. Like he's he's forgotten a lot of this stuff, and like that's kind of sad. But I I knew he was into car racing and stuff like that. I didn't know he had a whole bunch of those accident stuff. So yeah, he's had concussions, is what I understand, which that's, is sad because I'm a it, big fan. Did he at least forget Agent Cody Banks? Well, oddly, that? that's the only thing that stays. That. <laughs> <laughs> that's the one thing that doesn't leave. Number three. Number three. Last week, we were all pretty sure that Quicksilver was the Quicksilver from the X-Men universe. But is he? It, it's a lot more in question this week. I'll say I, that. I think the answer to every question around this show is a little bit of quantum physics, where it's both yes and no. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that being a thing. Uh, but yeah, it's it's so bizarre. And what I really like, though, well, I kind of like the idea of it, at least, is that we've been teased in the Marvel Cinematic Universe and stuff with the multiverse idea before. It's been planted in our heads. And we obviously know the connection with actual comics and everything. But I like that, you know, because I don't think Mysterio was actually from another, you know, um, another multiverse. I think he said that as a lie. Uh, can we all agree on that? Yes. So, like, we, we know that that's a lie. I don't think that he's from that. And I like the idea that they go, hey, 
Our fans know well enough what the multiverse is. We had a movie coming up called Multiverse of Madness. Chances are you're probably going to think that that's where this is going. I, If this is what this is, I love this being kind of a left-hand turn coming out of nowhere, just going like, oh, you thought you, you figured this all out? No, you didn't. No, you didn't. Until you finally give up and they're like, ha ha, you were right all along. Yeah, exactly. You think you were <laughs> no, that, that's precisely what they're going to do. We're, we're going to lose all hope in the, the multiverse thing, and then it's going to come back and sock us right in the face. I have no doubt that's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Number four, Adam. Number four, which is more surprising, that Wanda and Pietro trick-or-treating or trick-or-treating in the old country, or that they're actually dressed like Wanda, or excuse me, Black Widow and Nick Fury? I see the Nick Fury. I don't know that I saw the Black Widow. I so didn't much. either. Well, I she didn't at least has that. the red hair, and that's kind of I, I. That's what I put together. Because she has antennae, and I don't think Black Widows have antennae. I, like I said, I that's as best I got. <laughs> I, I will say that this is my favorite scene from the entire show so far. The 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 old, the, the old lady giving him a fish and saying that you need to share. Just. <laughs> Just amazing. And that was a total Malcolm in the Middle moment. Like For sure. Without a doubt. From Eastern Europe that came to town. It was great. Without a doubt. And there's now, this didn't make it into the questions, but like, what was with the, because speaking of cutaways, what was the deal with the, the Dance Dance Revolution cutaway? I don't know what that added, or was that just like a flourish back to the, uh, you know, like Malcolm in the Middle or something? I, I think it was trying to give us a feeling of an era. Because that's a thing that, you know, the, the foot pad like that in your house for that game, that was something that existed in a brief window of time. I can tell you and this much. You don't put it on with it, uh, those kind of shoes, that's for sure. Yeah, I think they were trying to make it feel dated because sometimes you'll see things. I mean, I don't know what else to compare it to, but you see something they're really talking about how, boy, I love the new Swatch that I got at the mall. You know, that dates something. And also it does show that they don't have their powers yet. Yeah, I guess so. I just it, to me it seemed it seemed kind of weird that they would just go like because I, I when I watched it the first time and then the second time I'm like I don't remember there being anything and I look back and I'm like no there's no real reason to cut out back there we learned nothing from that uh, cutaway and maybe we're not supposed to I don't know but that was also uh, you know a common kind of editing technique in the I'd say from about ninety five to two thousand two oh yeah my guess is Family Guy is still doing there. it to this day I don't know I haven't seen Family Guy in like a decade but my guess is they're probably still doing that same thing so I don't know. who's to say yeah question five this one comes to us from uh, Aaron M in Aurora Illinois on the third viewing well hats off to watching that three times before you got the question in on the third <laughs> and that viewing, was this I- question came in early in the day today so like just to let you know this one's been going on. Props to Aaron there. Uh, On the third viewing, I put some more thought into the movies displayed on the theater marquee. The Parent Trap and The Incredibles. Not only does Parent Trap have twins, but in both movies, the kids essentially save the day. Will Billy and Tommy have to face off against Wanda to save her? From Aaron M. Aurora, Illinois. I love this question. I, I had a much weaker question about the theater marquee, and this is a better question. What That's why think? I threw it in. I'm like, Aaron's doing a lot better job than Bruce is with this question. Let's put that one in, because <laughs> he did. It was like, it's it's so well uh, thought out and everything. And I think this is, again, no, no mistakes in this show. I think there's a good chance that they may have something to do in whatever climactic point that we get to. The, the thing that bugged me is those movies came out about five years apart. So why would they both be playing in the theater at the same time? To tell you uh, something about the show. <laughs> yes. 
And they're both yes. Disney films. What are the chances? <laughs> <laughs> well, that was the Egyptian theater. <laughs> I, I And to answer your question, Aaron, I, I do believe that it's going to come down to probably Vision and the twins to save to save her, to save Wanda from herself. I really do. Um, it, it just, it just makes sense. Uh, also Aurora, Illinois, that's where Wayne's world is shot. Isn't it? <laughs> that's uh, that's was my favorite thing. I didn't, I thought about mentioning that, but I was just like, I love, I love it so much. <laughs> I just Channel 53 watching, from Aurora, Illinois. I remember watching a lot of WGN growing up and there was some carpet warehouse in Aurora, Illinois that had a lot of ads <laughs> on there. <laughs> <laughs> deep cut paying it what are we on here uh six 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 one of the things the mcu does great is show comic book correct costumes without having those costumes be what the character is actually wearing like captain america in the first avengers what is your favorite costume this episode now the the first blush I go to is is Quicksilver. I I love this kind of classic look. I love the crazy over the, the top hair. hair. I just that's just so great. But she almost pulls off that real, you know, Scarlet Witch costume. Like with the head the headdress if you will is pretty good and like I don't know, she like almost pulls off this weird stupid thing. And that's what I love about this and Captain America is that we get to see these things and you know deep down inside, nah, it's not what you really want, but here it is for some, you know, funs and giggles. Yeah. I think my favorite costume was the Frankenstein costume. That that <laughs> one was just the coolest, even though it's maybe not as uh relevant or maybe super relevant. I don't know. But yeah, that was my favorite one was the uh uh, Frankenstein. Oh, guy. with the hair and just like everything, but like even the like stuff that's like flowing off of his back it's and like stuff. It's just perfect. Sitcoms, yeah, sitcoms when people are really into Halloween, they have those kind of costumes. In real life, it never quite. Works <laughs> They're out to that never that level. amazing looking, and you're like, wow. Well, they, they can be amazing, but not fun. You know what I mean? You can see somebody that looks like a super realistic Universal movie monster Frankenstein, or somebody that looks like a a, a, a half butt attempt at one. But to get something that's just this perfect in tone and suits the actor wearing it so well that's that's something i wish i could find in life <laughs> my favorite is vision because he's got the high top yellow converse on with the yellow socks for boots perfect and the giant shorts and stuff too is fantastic <laughs> it's i do like the and he's his uh claim is he's dressed like a luchador but you know i haven't <laughs> seen many luchadors that look like that <laughs> they're close it's close enough to where i just I, but again i I love Elizabeth Olsen so much. She's so great. Yeah. When they have that little interaction talking about the luchador and stuff, God, I buy everything that woman is saying. She just True. like, they have that, like she brings that connection between those two characters. And I absolutely believe it. And she's so great. I, I also like incorporating the cutoff jean shorts into the Quicksilver costume. That's pretty good. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That was amazing. Number seven, I thought I was going to ask this last week, but I forgot about it, but they did bring it up this week, so it's not a coincidence, yet they still have no answer for us. So let me ask you, boys, what's up with that drone? You have any thoughts? I do. I think it's part of the acting, uh, the, the, the acting agent, head agent, I think it's part of his plan is that drone. Because it keeps coming up. Like, you know, we've seen that drone now four different episodes. I think that it, I think it's going to factor into him trying to take out Wanda. 
because it's got so it came out I, I of the like, void and it's got some sort of you know kinetic energy thing going on on about it yeah i feel like its real purpose was to collect a sample so they could tune the vibrations to offset it and destroy the bubble or something along those lines but at the same time too i don't think he really knew uh exactly what was wrong with it because he at least as far as i could tell he acted like i, I tell me what's wrong with this thing or what's the deal as, as they brought it in. So I, I don't even know that he necessarily knows what's going on. So perhaps that was part of it, but I, I don't know that he necessarily foresaw what she did to it, but it's, a, it's all weird and glowing. So something's about to happen to it. Yeah. I can't, I can't believe they didn't get to or, it. This episode. Maybe, maybe something's going to happen to that. And we're going to get some kind of like uh techno babble uh, explanation for what happened. And then that's going to explain whatever happens to Monica later on. Hey, look, it's as, like a, it's like a balloon filling up with too much air. Yeah. As long as we that get an explanation, we'll just be like, Oh, well, oh yeah, of course. Of course that's what it is. Number eight. In the comics, Monica Rambo teams up with Scarlet witch and Dr. Strange to take on Dracula. Do you think that might be a direction the MCU is moving in? Because Billy does say he's worried that Uncle Pietro is a vampire. I would love to see Vision fight the creature from the Black Lagoon. Oh, that would be cool. I love the creature from the Black Lagoon. This would have been the episode for it, too. Just the the design on the creature from the Black Lagoon is just so weird and creepy. And, uh, man, I love it so much. His name is Gilman. (laughs) Randy Gilman. Uh, I I thought it was... um, he does he does get up and scream blood is thicker than water I'll show you which is like a really crazy strange line for your uncle to be screaming at you as he chases you <laughs> off. Yes. I don't I don't know. Uh I listen I I don't know about Dracula but uh I I feel like after this episode with the hair and the things that he seems to know he certainly doesn't feel like he is under her control at all during a lot of the scenes where he's sort of in the background, you can see he has kind of a, a, a disgusted face on. He doesn't like, you know, when the kid's talking to the camera, he's got a stink eye on, you know, and there's you, stuff that he, he knows what's going on more than, more than any of the other characters do. And in my comic book database, when I cross reference Monica Rambo, Scarlet Witch and Dr. Strange, cause we know how all this is playing together. The only thing I could find was that story arc with Dracula. Hey, listen, man, they want, as long as they do a good job, I don't care. Maybe that's how we get Blade into all this stuff. That's where I was going. <laughs> Tie me yeah. into it, baby. I don't care. Mahershala <laughs> Ali going in as Blade's, just sign me up now. I'm here. Nice. Number nine, Sean. Why does Wanda's accent go back and forth? Is there a reason behind it? I think, number one, yes. There's definitely a reason behind it. I think it's to show when she has to quit playing and she's being real. It's like a, a, a sort of a different version of breaking the fourth wall. Ah, very good. Yeah, I, I think her uh, her voice going back and forth is really her just kind of fighting it out in her mind, if you will. And I think the more that we get back to her original uh, Sokovian accent and everything is more of kind of her awakening, her realizing where she is. Because I think deep down, we I think she knows to a degree what's going on. And I, I don't know how much of it she's willing to say or admit to, but I think she has at least a vague idea of what's going on. Yeah, I guess. I really and, and I think that's the clue on when she's playing the game and when she's getting real. She, yeah. She step back and go, wait a second. 
all right, this is this is no good. I have to change this. I'm getting serious now. And, you know, it's it's putting on your mom voice or your dad voice. You guys have a dad voice, I'm sure. When the kids oh, yeah. are messing around and you got to start the, hey, you know, it's one of those things where your kid knows, <laughs> oh, crap, dad means business. Strangely enough, mine is a Sokovian accent. <laughs> <laughs> Number 10, The uh, this episode is loaded. And by loaded, I mean there's two, but, you know, come on. Uh, the word nightmare is uttered. What do you guys know about the character of nightmare? And at this point, what are the odds of something like that? Bruce, I figured well, you might be. I know, I know nightmare because he is in one of only two ghostwriter comic books that I've ever bought. <laughs> And he is also partially responsible for why I've only ever bought two Ghost Rider comic books. <laughs> now, I feel like there was conversation after the first Doctor Strange that it was like not a secret. They were saying, yes, Nightmare is going to be the big villain in the next movie. Yeah, that's... Like, I feel like that was two years ago was was openly admitted to, which doesn't mean anything. A lot can change. But uh, I remember them saying, yeah, Dormammu in the first one, Nightmare in the second one. Hmm. crazier things have happened. But yeah, that's a nice pickup because yeah, it absolutely plays out with whatever connections. And once again, maybe they're just uh, fluffing our nutters here by saying that uh, (laughs) (laughs) this is going to build into the next Doctor Strange movie, but that is what they've told us. Oh, that's some classic Leslie right there. (laughs) Number 11. This is a good question. I'm proud of myself for this one. Did you catch that Quicksilver calls himself Uncle Peter while the rest of the family call him Uncle Pietro? Oh, Bruce, you really need to take time out for that question. You're right. Man, that's a really good question. Yeah, and and I think it it also dovetails into the other one where it's like he calls himself that and then... You know, the beginning of the show when it's just like as himself. So there's there's a lot of different layers to that. But, uh, yeah, it just doesn't feel like he is who we think he is at this in, point. In the, in the Fox movies, he's Peter. He's not Pietro. Yeah. Right. Do you think, uh, uh, if, you know, we use the term, especially Adam and myself, use the term dovetail a lot. Uh, from this point forward, can we can we make a pact, the three of us, that if we're ever going to use the term, the word dovetail, from this from this point forward, we just say ducktail. Yeah, I'm going to confess now that you brought it out. I don't know what dovetail means. To transition seamlessly from one thing into the next thing. Oh, okay. Oh, we need to call it ducktails, duck and I sure. yeah, I, we yeah. can. I think we can handle that. Sweet. Sweet. Like a 50s hairdo. Yeah. Well, let's ducktail on into this question number 11. Whoa. <laughs> oh, wait, 12. 12. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I didn't scroll up. Do you believe Agnes is being controlled by Wanda like she says? No. Me neither. It is, it is strange. And when you go back and kind of watch a second time, you could you could point out spots where she may just be playing stupid for stupid's sake. And she's saying these things, testing out vision, trying to figure out exactly what he knows and how it's all put together. I think it goes beyond testing vision. I think she's manipulating vision. I think she's trying to throw a little chewing gum in his gears there. Trying to fluff her his nutter. Yeah. (laughs) Now, do you think that uh, like she is indeed naturally did get lost and that she's not necessarily there, like put herself there on purpose? I, I don't believe that there's one minute. I believe that's all acting. I think for every second that she's there, she knows 100% who she is and what she's doing mm. and what she's up to. 
I think she's very, very uh, independent of Wanda. Now she does when when she does uh, kind of wake up and everything. She does reach for her brooch that is normally you know around her neck and everything. So hmm. that does yeah, I got the Harkness brooch. Yeah, it it's it's very it's very specific. She's like, oh, what? Like, and you can tell she's looking for it, and it ain't there. So and I mean, who knows is, what that means. Is, is there still any kind of chance that Agnes is not Agatha Harkness? Like she's dressed as the witch. You know, everybody is dressed in something that reminds you of their comic book form, and she's dressed as a witch. She, I mean, I mean, there's, there's not like any. I mean, the Wicked Witch of the West laugh for heaven's sake. I mean, there, there's not any plausible deniability that she's somebody besides Agatha. Is there? Well, there's subverting expectations. But I, I I can't imagine that she won't be. Yeah. Tough to say. Question 13. What on earth is that Yo, Yo Magic Yogurt commercial about? It made me first want and then not want Yo Magic Yogurt. <laughs> that looks radical. Oh, no. You won't open it up and eat it, and you'll die on this island alone. Oh, I man, love that was. It was such a 2001 uh, commercial, too, that for a minute I forgot this was streaming and thought a real commercial would pop up. <laughs> it could be. I love that they use the same animation house that does the Kleenex commercials. You know, the kid keeps blowing his nose and his nose gets all red. Yeah, it does have that style, doesn't it? It, it is exactly the same style. There's no doubt that's the same house. There's no way it's somebody aping someone else's style. It's too close. Yeah, it's like when you see the Wallet and, Wallace and Gromit stuff, even when they're doing stuff outside there, you still kind of know that that's their studio. Right. That kind Which- of vibe. Uh, which Infinity Stone is the yogurt? <laughs> that's the that's the problem. That's this. That's the radical stone. That's clearly. the super. That's the super radical bit. But we also, at the same time, don't have our regular actors back for this either, as this is all just that claymation yeah. stuff. So yeah. I don't really know. It's, it's the so extreme weird. stone, and I feel like the kid like dying and decaying, and then we're left with a, what looks like sands from Undertale. I feel like. That's telling me something, but I don't know what. Maybe Marvel Zombies is their next project. I don't. I don't know. It it is strange. But is he Red Skull, and that's the Soul Stone? <laughs> Let me ask you this, because I, I, I'm curious. Because I think we're all past a certain age at this point. Has there ever been a point in your life where you've eaten uh, that Gogurt stuff? No. As a father of kids who had a lot of Gogurt around, there were a few times of desperation where I ate it, but not that ma- regular That basis. makes sense, especially by the time when your kids grew up and everything. That would make sense. Uh, yeah, I've never had that. I just, I, I've never understood what the, uh, like, oh boy, I wish I had Gogurt, but God, I do not want a spoon. It's like, man, I absolutely love yogurt. But I have next to zero interest in whatever this is that they're calling yogurt. <laughs> and what's it? What's it take to eat a container of yogurt? Fifteen seconds? There's like nothing to those things. It's like three it, bites. I, I think they just take like pixie sticks and dump the powder out of those into something that's sort of the consistency of yogurt because it is not yogurt. <laughs> oh, so it's like it's looser than actual oh, real it's, yogurt. It's like candy. It is. It's like eating candy, and they're trying to convince you it's healthy by putting the word yogurt on it. But, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's you're interesting. Your kids sugar. We threw a whole bunch of nerds in it. Have fun, kids. It, it, it's honestly, if you look at the nutritional information, more grams of sugar than a Snickers bar. Oh my wow. lord. My 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 kids I don't eat yogurt. One's completely lactose intolerant, and the other one ate like five things until about fifteen minutes ago. <laughs> and all five of those things were various shapes of nuggets, right? That's all my basically kids. yes. 
that star part of the chicken's real good. <laughs> <laughs> Number 14. When Monica and Wu engaged in fisticuffs to escape their guards, are you glad or disappointed that Darcy didn't hit someone over the head with a comical prop? You know, I was I, waiting for that. I was very surprised it didn't happen. I expected her to like hit them with, you know, the old TV or something like that. I'm very glad it didn't happen. Um, you know, like the more, the more we see Darcy on the show, the more I'm like, oh, there's the, there's the character that I'm like lukewarm about. Yeah, that's true. It feels like as this goes, when Darcy first made the scene in this series, we're like, oh, look at this. It feels like Darcy's kind of like, you know, maybe the last five years of the blip and everything have kind of changed her. Maybe she's grown up and wised her ways a little bit. And now we kind of see the familiar Darcy like popping out every now and then a little bit yeah. more than what we did previously. But I also kind of like that too. It's like, hey, this seems kind <laughs> of a silly character. And so you, you kind of like that silly character though, don't you? I I feel like I've made a conscious decision to like Darcy regardless of how I really feel. <laughs> like, like I don't know why. At some point when she showed back up, I'm like, eh, you know, this is an annoying character in a lot of people's opinion. They don't really get excited about her. I'm going to be pro-Darcy. So now I can't give honest opinions about Darcy. Well, the crazy part is, is that you have Monica and Wu, who are two of the most charming actors like on the entire show. Yeah. And then you have Darcy. <laughs> so like, like, like she's, she's already, she's already, you know, basically golfing with a handicap because, because the other two are just so charming. But, you know, we know her from Thor, so let's keep her in there. I'm ready for her to, like, make a fart noise with her mouth or something like that. Yes, exactly. I was ready for her to pop up behind the guard, hit him on the head with a toaster or something with no explanation where she got a toaster. What? It was in the truck. <laughs> something like that. I don't know. 15. If you were Elizabeth Olsen, who we can all admit is just so great on this show, what would your next project be after this show ends? Number one, I would say, would be a uh, something with less uh, uh, outfit changes. Because, man, oh, man, the amount of fittings that this woman probably had to go through had to be half of this job. She is wearing so many different costumes. <laughs> Just imagine, like, you know, if you're, if you, if you're uh, you know, Jack Bauer, you're wearing one shirt all day throughout 24 <laughs> episodes. This yeah. girl is, like, changing clothes for She's like the Diana Ross of, of Marvel. <laughs> She's changing every three seconds. And I could only imagine that Elizabeth also be like, I just don't want to spend any more time getting dressed in something can i have something where i have like maybe four outfits total that would just be great <laughs> i think i'd do a reboot of new york minute just to show my sisters how to do it right oh dang <laughs> how the west was fun <laughs> yes they'll just cgi another one of them <laughs> another <laughs> one of her both roles you know she can do it oh she, one would have a european accent one would the best part <laughs> is that she would really kind of kill it i think she could be great at that i mean Lindsay lohan played both twins in parrot trap anything is elizabeth fun. olsen's not up to that challenge <laughs> oh <laughs> i love that that's the that's the uh that's the barometer that we've given to people now it's just like hey <laughs> Listen, Lindsay Lohan could pull this off. Can you just put together two and two? <laughs> just think about it. That's double the money for Elizabeth if she doesn't have to share. Because I'll tell you, I'll tell you what I would have her do. If I'm her, my next role is something that is like a like a gritty real crime thriller. Mm -hmm. 
because uh, you know she's been in she's been in the Marvel universe now for what ten years I want to say. Has it been I that long? It, My goodness. Well, Age of Ultron. You got to figure that's probably almost ten years ago. So, but you, you know, like she. So give her something that's on the ground. You know, give her something that where she gets to. You know, like really act. She gets to act her butt off on this show. But a different that different style of acting, that gritty real thing, like like Serpico, but a lady. You know, what like about like a, an Aaron Brockovich type of story? That'd be cool too. She'd be great yeah. in that. Yeah, I think uh, I think it's 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 away from the big things and more towards kind of the smaller independent stuff. My guess is is she's going to have enough uh, enough change dangling in the pocketbook to be able to go. All right, I can go out and do one for me now. Oh, for sure. How about Jane Wick? We had that. Yeah. It's called Atomic Blonde. Oh yeah, number or 16. Anna. <laughs> sixteen. No, no, Anna. no, Atomic Blonde. <laughs> what are we at? Sixteen. Uh, will hacking computers in movies or TV ever look cool? I think it looked cool in that movie where the guy hacked his way back into time. But I can't remember what that movie was called. Hacked his way back into time. Oh, yeah. you, oh, you mean um, Time Chasers? No, it was some kind of movie that was intentionally goofy. <laughs> well, Tom Chasers is pretty goofy. It was kind of like Wolf Cop level. <laughs> no, this Tom Chasers is better than Wolf Cop, in my opinion. Come after me, Wolf Cop people. That movie sucked. Whoa, I got easy, I, easy. Portis. I got opinions. I got opinions on that show. Let's, Woo. I don't. I don't like to do it, but sometimes. Well, you too. I'll, I'll tell you that uh, it, the only thing that ever got it right is that movie where there somebody is hacking into a computer person other person goes and does something for an entire week comes back and that person is still at the computer <laughs> i can't remember what because we just saw that like we saw that within the last year whatever that oh, movie is i don't remember uh, all i like is the trope where somebody's hacking and it's like it's gonna take me another 20 minutes you got 10 hack harder okay i hacked harder now we're in i mean but, i just but, scowled real hard it's literally a week and you see like all the Red Bull cans and like you see the coffee cups and you see like you like and and the person is clearly miserable. And like that is the only realistic way I've ever seen it look that doesn't look cool, but that's the way it actually would happen. I'll tell you now, uh, the closest I've that- never I've never watched Mr. Robot, but does Mr. Robot make hacking look kind of cool? Uh, Mr. Robot is less a lot less hacking than you'd think. Okay. The only time that I could think that it kind of came close to the cool level was like maybe in um, uh, the girl with the dragon tattoo. Ooh, that is a good one. That's probably about the cl- closest cool hacking you can get. That right is there. a really cool what a, one. Yeah. What about that scene in Swordfish where the guy has to keep hacking even though that thing is going? Oh yeah, that's a great one actually. <laughs> I love that whole movie because it is just the the nineties in a nutshell. Even though it's like it's 2003. Fish. <laughs> some, some some Neil Breen level computer hacking. Oh man, it's well nothing nothing beats that hacking. I need eight more laptops, please. <laughs> <laughs> None of them on, mind you. <laughs> Seventeen, Bruce. Given that my primary vocation is that of a cataract surgeon, how much joy do you think I got from finding out the program against vision was called Project Cataract? But more importantly, has Hayward done something to alter vision? 
I, I sat there watching this show, and I'm like, Bruce is having a heart attack right now. <laughs> <laughs> Finally! They got a reason for me. I'm like, because if he's not asking this question, I'm asking it for him and asking what he thinks about it. Because all I could do is imagine you just going like, that's what I know about. I know that stuff. <laughs> but I, I love it. I mean, the, you know, tell people what cataracts is just so they get a better understanding of it and how fun this little uh, comparison is. Cataracts are a natural part of aging with the eye that you develop an opacity in your lens and you just can't see through it as well. So, you know, cataracts take away your vision, and it's just a nice little uh, uh, juxtaposition. But cataracts are also easy to get rid of. So maybe not the best name. You should have picked retinitis pigmentosa. <laughs> Doesn't roll off the tongue nearly as easily, especially <laughs> for these actors. God bless them. I, I, I think it's great. I love little uh, flourishes like that. And, you know, we, we are clouding the vision's, you know, yeah. mind or whatever in, in this. And, uh I I I like this show a lot, and that's and this is one of the reasons why they they're just but, smart. It's fun. But but I guess has he done something to alter vision, and if so, how did he know this was going to go this direction? Like like I feel like he is a step ahead of a game that he didn't even know was being played. It's it's difficult because I don't know. They've been playing him close to the vest a whole bunch, and that's what. So it's kind of hard to get. You know, he's he's not on the up and up, but it's it's tough to really nail down what his angle is at this point because they've been very. I don't know if obtuse is the right word, but close enough. I'm waiting until he pulls off his Mission Impossible mask and he's really Hank Pym. Hey, listen, I'm not going to lie to you. I have thought about all. This is a you know, anyone in here could be a scroll. I, that's it's yeah, crossed that's my true. mind. That's true. Cause cause <laughs> or he could be, uh, <laughs> yeah, he could be any number of people if he's a scroll. Yeah, yeah. So that's I. I always think that there's there's some weird chance now that you know you could turn around and you know somebody's a scroll and that's that. He's actually Phineas T. Horton. <laughs> Question eighteen. Herb is dressed as Frankenstein this episode, and since we know everything is done with intention on this show, are we going to learn? who he really is next episode and is the backstory going to be very, very bad. My thought on Herb as Frankenstein isn't so much about that character in particular, but getting us to focus on Frankenstein and think about, you know, the, the actual Mary Shelley story where the, the bringing the, the creature back from the dead turns out to make neither the, the doctor nor the creature happy. And it leads to this really bad thing. And I think it's just a statement that, you know, she is Dr. Frankenstein here. She's brought now two people back from the dead. And uh, the trajectory is, you know, particularly with vision. And it also looks like it's going that way with uh, Peter, which I'll call him instead of Pietro, that they both are starting like she's losing control of her creation. You know, I've created a monster goes all the way back to that Frankenstein story. Yeah, um, how long has it been? Have you guys? How long has it been since you've watched uh, Frankenstein itself? Oh, Are you talking man. about the 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 one with uh, uh, Robert De Niro? No, no, the nineteen thirty one Boris Karloff movie. I don't know if I've ever seen that one. To be honest, I know it's, I've seen the Gene Wilder version. It's probably been. I mean, it's probably been ten years. Let me tell you, uh, Colin Clive as as Frankenstein there is just so good when he is given that like a live speech and everything could just make my monster live it is just so 
Man, it's good. I've always heard the sequel was better though. It is I like Bride of, I prefer Bride of Bride of Frankenstein is a better movie overall. There's there's almost zero you know debate amongst that. But uh, uh, the first one don't overlook. It's still good. And of course the Hammer ones. Come on, forget about it. Uh, I, I don't know what this says about Herb himself, but uh, I've always liked this this actor and this kind of character. I don't know what we're going to learn about him or anybody in this show because I there's still a part of me that thinks maybe they're dead because I, I don't know. I don't know. There's just so many things up in the air. Let's go to 19. Uh, turns out the aerospace engineer Monica knows is a man. That said, what are we to think now? Last week, the Spanish subtitles said that it was a woman. If we can't trust the Spanish subtitles, who can we trust? Well, did that come directly from you? Did you see that the Spanish subtitles said that it was the, the, the engineer was female? I saw a picture on the internet that someone took. I'll, I'll, I'll oh. say that. Oh. It may be a it may be a crock of hooey. I don't know. I just maybe Disney hates people who speak Spanish and they're just trying to to troll them. We're gonna really stick it to the Spanish speaking community. Watch this, the, especially the ones that turn on the subtitles. <laughs> That's a very specific group you're going after, Marvel. Yeah, but we, they got it coming really to gotta, them. We really got to we got to chip it on our shoulder against uh, hard of hearing Spanish speakers. <laughs> <laughs> Show them what's what. I don't know. I mean, is is it possible that, <laughs> that it was just a mistake? No, it's a hundred percent possible that it was just a mistake. But <laughs> is it, or is it, uh, or are we the ones making the mistake by assuming it's a man? No, she did say uh, my guy. So um, yeah, but that well, may have be a. Seen, have you seen her guy? Uh, have you asked her guy how he identifies? It Who could, knows? There it might could, be more to find well, out. Well, it might be a term of endearment. You know, you walk in and you're like, what's up, my guy? That could be a chick. You don't know. But at the same time, too, does anyone want to put any final guesses in? Because chances are we're going to see him next episode, whoever this is. I would think. I don't know who it is, but I guarantee it's not a Spanish woman. I will guarantee that. That's right now. probably true. I I like the idea that, uh, and it sounds good. If it's Rita Marino. I'm off the show. I'm telling you that right now. <laughs> it it sounds good, and especially after what Wanda said this this episode, because she asked Pietro about this. Uh, that what's the guy with all the stuff on his face and everything? I feel like this could be a doom. This could be a doom intro kind of thing. Oh, that'd be so wonderful. So oh. if, if, when she said the guy with all his stuff on his face had the skin condition, mm-hmm. I immediately was thinking of Toad. <laughs> I could be, but like I, <laughs> I like that idea. And then you know, here's here's Victor. You just you know, we're not yeah. introducing Doctor Doom, but we're in- introducing uh, Victor Von Doom. Hopefully, that's the name we'll go with, and not the the other one, which is it's all right. But come on, let's just call him Doom for heaven's sake. <laughs> I wanted to be Victor Von Doomski. <laughs> Von Doomskin. No, oh, like, like, just like Black Bolt's real name. <laughs> yeah, Blackagon Boltagar. So There's a Blackagar Boltagon. I can never. That, keep it that is the dumbest thing in the world. <laughs> but also kind of the awesomest. <laughs> uh, number twenty. This episode seemed to make it clear that Vision's actual synthesoid body has been reanimated, didn't it? Well, I, you know, this week I saw a thing. Actually, it was this morning. I saw this thing where the Russo brothers are being interviewed and somebody online asked the question, what happened to vision's body? And the Russo brothers answer is that is a story for another time. So you got to think 
that that is exactly what this is. Yeah, because up until this episode, there was a part of me that thought he might wholly just be like a construct, like a Green Lantern used the ring to make him. But, you know, they're tracking the the vibranium decay, so that would have to be his real body for that. Then when he walks out of the bubble, he's kind of becoming that old decayed body. So, yeah, I, I'm, I went from thinking he might be 100% construct to now thinking she's playing like Pinocchio with his dead body. Yeah, there's there's something going on as far as all of that goes, but yeah, I I think at this point we can definitely rule out that like he's some sort of uh for lack of a better word, vision in her head that she's kind of making up. So he's some sort of we'll I, well I guess we can just still assume that he's some sort of synthesoid, whether or not I he's think the actual I think it's yeah, I think she's like uh you know, pulling the strings on his body as a puppet bringing back that Ultron imagery. But at the same time, too, it is it is interesting that, you know, with that involved and everything, he's kind of gotten out of that mode when he says that he's got to go for his, you know, uh, little look around the neighborhood and everything. She goes, are you sure you want to do that? And, like, he kind of, like, stares her down a little bit, and she loses that battle, and he goes out. So Yeah, uh, back to the Frankenstein thing. You can uh, bring the dead back to life, but you can't control them. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Very good. And they may not thank you for it. <laughs> it might not be good. 21. Is everyone in Wanda's bubble dead outside of it? I think no, for a very specific reason. And that's because um, Quicksilver, when she's talking to him, he says, you know, you've done a really good job with the ethical considerations of everything. You've kept couples together. You're leaving the kids asleep unless they really need to be in this. So he's making, I mean, if she had just brought back dead bodies, if this whole town was reanimated, there aren't those kind of ethical considerations. So that's why I think these are all actual people who had lives and have lives to get back to. Yeah, and they're just under this spell that they can't quite get out of, but it does seem like some of them do have at least enough of a consciousness of what's going on. And again, I think a lot of that may come down to... I guess in a way how much she's controlling them all with her mind and everything. Cause she mentioned a couple episodes ago about how like, Oh, I can't control all of this stuff. And we find out in this episode, obviously that's true. Uh, so maybe it's just like, you know, every now and then you'll have a couple of skips in your logic, if you will. And you go, wait a minute. Hey, I kind of know where I am. I know what this is, but we also have to have learned that we need to kind of adapt to survive in this. Otherwise she's going to, you know, wishes out to the cornfield or whatever the hell goes on. Yeah, they're they're kind of like NPCs in a video game. They're programmed to just do nothing when they're not in the 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 screen that you're playing on. You know, and then when they come in there, their AI kicks in. That's very much like what's going on here. Number twenty two. Uh, this one comes to us uh, from Kev, aka Will Billy. Will Billy. Will the field surrounding, okay, this is tough for me to say. Will the field surrounding the town sweeping over the planet because of its destruction or a massively powered Wanda be the source of the new multiverse across the globe? I think he said mutants Mutant. instead of what did multiverse. I, oh, there. I, I'm sorry. I've just, maybe I was. But, but I, I don't know if it'll specifically be the field, but I'm totally on board with this line of thinking. It's the only thing that I can think of at this point is, is because I don't, at least after this episode, especially realizing that, you know, he's not the Quicksilver that we, you know, know that he's, he's got to be, I, I just think whoever's behind this is, it's him. He's, he is 
yeah, kind of a front I, I, for whoever is really behind all of this. I, I think it's either got to be something about uh, changing time or unlocking uh, unknown pre-existing abilities because we can't have this, you know, to in pure terms, you're born a mutant. You're not made a mutant. So we can't have this suddenly uh, affect all the pregnant women and those babies will be mutants. And then in 17, 18 years, we can finally have the X-Men. They're, they're going to have to do something where it like is retroactive. So I don't quite know how that'll play out. No, we, we don't need like a, you know, something from the boys or from, you know, like rising stars or something like that. Cause that's just, that leaves too big of a window for stuff. Deep cut. But you also at the same time, like, I, I, it's very localized what she's doing right now. I don't know how that would kind of spread to give us more mutants across the globe, if you will. And and I think it's going to come down to just a couple of characters that notice something's different and everybody else is going to be like, well, there've always been mutants. Mutants have been around since the sixties or something like that's going to yeah. happen. Yeah, yeah. You can easily throw in some of that sort of stuff. I mean, it's going to be kind of like the timeline, you know, it's get Ashton Kutcher sending back in time, butterfly effect. Oh man, that that I'm sorry, Ashton Kutcher. You should not have been singing in that ad in the Super Bowl, my my dude. That was just that was the worst. Oh, I didn't see it. Oh, not good, not good. Twenty three. Last week we brought up Tom Hanks' Uncle Ned character from Family Ties. Do you think maybe Quicksilver is going on an Uncle Ned trajectory? Like he's going to become an alcoholic? Something like that. The kids are going to have to realize he's not cool after all. He's actually bad. Well, I think that there's two things about this character that don't make him just a source of anarchy, um, which seems to be half of his primary goal. Uh, one is that he he says that she is uh, she, she talks of, he talks about her in glowing terms about what she's doing. He thinks it's great, which is probably you can tell from her reaction that she's very surprised by his his talking to her and so that's that's part one of this and part two of this is that he seems to be the voice of reason with certain things like he says to her what, what is your husband gonna die twice you know like that like yeah. when he says stuff like that and so when you have a character that's doing that and and kind of waking her up from her own her own self-imposed slumber sort of thing i think I, I don't think that there there's malicious intent in that. Okay. Cause I don't know that I believe that. I, I think there might be something malicious there. And more importantly, I think there's going to be some kind of moment where like the, the, her, her sons, the twins, Ted, uh, Tommy and Billy see that uncle Ned is not the, the friend, not the cool guy. They think he is. I, I don't wish it on characters, but it just it makes me feel like at some point these kids have got to go. And like, I think maybe I've bear trapped on Uncle Ned too. Listen, you 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 know vanilla extract is a, is a key ingredient in a lot of cooking. <laughs> you know, you're making you're baking some cookies. You throw a little bit of that vanilla extract in there. Oh my goodness! This is Ever since that delicious. episode, now people say, "Hey, I'm not an alcoholic. I don't chug vanilla extract yet." Yeah, that's 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 just that's the only <laughs> the only differentiation point <laughs> is the chugging. <laughs> hey, I'm not there yet. <laughs> Number, what are we on here? 24. Twelve. Twenty-four. The twins are the same version of their characters in Young Avengers. So I am going to ask you two the most important question you'll be asked all month: Will we get an Iron Lad 
I'm only a lard lad friend from the Simpsons, the guy with the donut. <laughs> so, so how familiar are you with Iron Lad, Sean? Uh, very. I know the whole arc. Okay. Because they have cast uh, Kang. I think I saw that they have cast someone to be Kang. Right. It's the guy that's uh, in Lovecraft Country, and that dude is a superstar in the making. So if they're, if they're going to have a Kang, it is really easy to have an Iron Lad. You know, mm -hmm. I won't go into details, but their stories are intertwined uh, unintertwinably. <laughs> so yeah, it's possible without a Kang, you can't have an iron lad, but if they've already cast Kang, why not? Cause I, I really feel like we're going to get some young Avengers sooner rather than later. Yeah. How do you sell the name iron lad in the 21st century? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? From, from the future, you know, it's a it's definitely a rip off of the Legion of Superheroes. Half of them were lads. I, I the other like, half were lasses. I also Except like the karate, He got to be a kid. I like I like the idea of future retrograde too. It's like oh, it's in the future. It's so far in the future. Like old weird terms from the past are like now current again. It's just like <laughs> yes, that. it all comes around. It's cyclical. Yeah. And I would say to you that uh, the the amount of people who are Legion of Superheroes fans is not nearly as large as the amount of people who watch this show. Are you sure? Th yes. Those people couldn't fill a Denny's. Uh, I think they could. It, you know, big crowd of Denny's. Man, that Denny's <laughs> would stink. <laughs> Why do I know that? Why do I know that? The Legion of Superheroes themselves could fill a Denny's. I mean, there's like 700 of them. 25. Would you like to see them do a regular, consistent multiverse within the MCU, or do you think that they'll be solving all of that with this and other continuing stories to unite them all as one continuous universe, and then they just go on from there? I think that it's going to be a multiverse for a bit. I think that Kang is going to be very much involved and I think that he, you know, maybe not as long as a trajectory as it took Thanos, but I think that it, that's going to be the runner for a couple of movies here, yeah. probably four or five movies here. Yeah, you got to have a, uh, th these days, at least as as they've been going on, you need that kind of big bad looming in the background for a little bit while we go, you know, get some some lower tier uh Folks. I, I kind of like the idea of a multiverse because if something sputters out, you just let that corner of the multiverse die. But I like the idea of a multiverse, but just like with DC comics more than Marvel comics, there's a multiverse, but you can travel back and forth pretty much whenever you want to. So they're separate when you need them to be separate, but you can cross over without a whole lot of explanation at any time and people accept it. Just do a whoa and then boom, there you go. You're it's like, okay, let's jump into the multiverse treadmill and get over there. <laughs> Pretty much. 26. Who was the better Marvel zombie, Pietro or Vision? I really love Dead Vision. Dead Vision is creepy and awful to look at. And that's why I really, really like him. Yeah, and it's it's interesting. The uh, zombie Pietro has most of the exact same most of them, the exact same bullet wounds that Quicksilver had in Age of Ultron, which is interesting. And I didn't think that zombie Pietro looked that much like a zombie. Vision definitely looked like a zombie. What what the part the reason that he kind of wins out that one is 
he's such a kind of a vibrant red and green and stuff to when you turn it to that weird off color kind of purplish sort of thing. It yeah, the just, gray. You take the, the the vibrant colors out and he's all gray. It's just scary. The the super super dead eyes because you see nothing. You don't even see like a remnant of an eye in there, and that's what makes and it the hole in his forehead. Yeah. All the other guys got a couple bullet wounds. You can't you, bullet wounds in the chest can't compete with you know half your head taken yeah. out. No. Tough to do. 27. When we see people are at the edge of Wanda Town, they're repeating the same simple tasks or even frozen in place. So when Wanda expands her magic bubble, are there even more people frozen in place? I would say yes. Because Poss- it looks like there's a there's a definitely a limited radius that she needs to activate people. Or what so if make- what if this is the thing though that, you know, l- expands her powers because we've seen her now, you know, kind of open up the the floodgates, if you will. It gets bigger and bigger. So we know that she's capable of doing that. Is did she kind of level up in the old kind of gaming sense and everything? Maybe it'll still be like outside of that rim, but there's a lot bigger area that she can cover on the inside now. I would say it's like you you can make the stage a whole lot bigger, but there's no point for the actors to be acting if they're not where the audience can see them. So unless the audience grows along with the uh, radius here, I think it's just more people frozen in place because she only needs the folks that are around her and vision and and her nuclear family to to be doing anything. And it makes what she's doing more kind of horrific in a way, too, because you're you're adding more people to that list of people that are just kind of stuck in this weird perpetual loop, you know, wanting and to be clowns. I mean, you, you with your colonophobia, I'm surprised you haven't mentioned. The well, they're mine. They're mine. No, there's a couple potato of, potato. there's a couple of straight up clowns in there though. <laughs> there's a couple. <laughs> and uh, yeah, no, I don't, that, I don't isn't care. Isn't that what them. we almost named our podcast? Straight up clown, straight up clown show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> with a couple of mimes. Yeah. <laughs> miming around <laughs> a mime podcast would be so interesting man i like there's stupid things like that where i'm like that'd be hilarious just put out a blank show every week <laughs> just see if people and put up a patreon too. see if people will just get i will it. say that is a very adam portress thought it's yeah it's something no one wants no one asked for and no one will think it's funny but you will so that makes it yeah, that I'll makes it to you Something that makes me feel bad is there are YouTube channels with zero videos and 10,000 subscribers. So I don't know how that works. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's a weird thing that does happen every now and then. 28. Three more episodes. Will this be be satisfying from a narrative standpoint? Do we think that we'll get enough of a payoff but still leave enough on the table that we want to see Multiverse of Madness uh, more so than perhaps we might even want to see it now? I think I think it's growing satisfying. I think three episodes is probably about right to wrap this up. I mean, we're getting to a point where we're, something's going to have to give soon. So, yeah, I think it's about right. Yeah, I also, you know, this show did not start off the way I wanted it to start, but it, it feels like they, they are, they're probably going to stick the landing on this show. And I also feel like we've only got out of those three episodes that are left. I feel like we've got one more kind of sitcom episode and the rest is going to be real world. If I can use those terms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll probably see things fall apart a little bit because we're, we're and we're button up on, you know, as far as like sitcoms and go, we're button up on, you know, fairly recent time here and everything. So unless we're doing sitcoms from the future, I'd like to 
see what you Ooh. think those are. <laughs> it's stuff that's not even funny, and like that's why it's what's, funny. What's that show that uh, uh, Seth MacFarlane has on Fox, like Future Quest or something, in a TV show? That's what a future sitcom is. Oh, it's uh, it's it's Star Trek, but uh, the you but pretend that it's the Orville. It's called the Orville. Right. It just came to me. Yeah, that's you, a future sitcom. You sold it to the studio as Star Trek, but funny, and then you just lose the funny in three episodes and just make it all Star Trek after that. And then it was kind of people that, like it. I like that first season. I thought the first people, season was pretty good. People love that show because it's basically Star Trek. <laughs> Twenty nine. As far as spooktaculars go. Was this one spooky enough for you? It's no Mr. Boogity. No. What is, though? But, well, it's I know Bride of Boogity is Mr. Boogity. It was, too. I'll tell you that much right now. <laughs> oh, I can't wait for Bride of Boogity. Wouldn't it be great if that's the big villain reveal in the final Oh, episodes, man. How, and, and it is in the Disney canon. Yes. It's, it's one step away. It, I'll tell you this much. It's at least a multiverse that be, we might want to skip by at some point. <laughs> That brings the madness to the multiverse. <laughs> oh, man, I love everything that we're talking about. Right Richard now. Mauser's like, I didn't know I was going to become the world's biggest Marvel Studios star, but <laughs> son of a bitch, here I am. <laughs> Let me get the old whoopee cushions out of the closet. They're gonna I thought love the it. thing would be the thing that propelled me, but it isn't. Wrong. <laughs> Wrapping it all up with question number 30. Is that the actual Mind Stone in Vision's head when he walks out of Wanda's magic bubble? Because I, I got to say, I was very surprised to see him be able to physically get out of that thing. That's a tough one because isn't, and now correct me if I'm wrong here, but when he was wearing the, the kind of hood thing in this episode, the Mind Stone itself was like a piece of fabric. Yeah, it was dangling yes. up there. Uh, which I yes. liked. I thought that was kind of cute. Uh, I don't know if that's real or not. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what happened to the infinity stones at the end of Endgame. I don't know where the mind stone would be. I don't know if Wanda has access to it, but I kind of feel like she couldn't have it. I feel like if he had the mind stone, he would be beyond her ability to do any kind of illusions on. Yeah. What, yeah. Perhaps that would give him some sort of, uh, I don't know. You say that, but hear this out. When when we see him actually go up to the uh, the line there and everything, he's wearing his clothes. Now, he also said earlier, this is the only thing that you left up there for me. He did not put on those clothes. He actually generated these clothes himself, which I, I don't know why, but that comes off as an interesting idea to me. Because then he like goes from that costume to his regular, we'll, we'll call him vision uniform, if you will. Uh I forgot where I was going with it, but that, that seems strange to me. <laughs> I, I don't know Do that I had a the mind stone. Do you have any thoughts on if the mind stone is oh, even so, still so in our realm? That's where I was going. That's where I was going. So the fact that he's able to do that, would that, could the mind stone facilitate that changing of the clothes? Cause that's the only thing I could kind of think of how that might still be relevant to him. I I don't have a good answer on that. I'm just trying to remember what they did with all the the uh, Infinity Stones at the end of Endgame because I feel like they sent some of them back to uh, be guarded by Thor's folks, but I don't know what happened to the rest. Uh, I know I at least feel like if the Mind Stone was missing, somebody would know. You, you should. There's probably at least one of them in a bag of in a box of Cookie Crisp or something somewhere. So 
That's what I guess. Well, that is it, everybody. We've uh, gone through yet another 30 questions. Now, if you would like your questions on the show, go ahead and uh, email us at wandavision30q at gmail.com, and you can be like some of the people that you heard on the show today. Uh, and do get those into us as quick as possible. We record the episode quite early, so uh, the faster you can get them to us, the better. And I don't know if, if anyone else is like me, but uh, when this show comes out, I try to watch it as fast as I can because the Internet does uh, does not care about you or the shows that you watch. They will throw it in your face every <laughs> yeah. three seconds if you're not careful. So you got to wake up at the crack of dawn on Friday going, all right, I got to watch this thing for the Internet spoils the hell out of it. So uh, if you do have a question, WandaVision30Q at gmail.com. Bruce, where might we find more of your work on the Internet? I'm still doing stuff on YouTube. Uh, this week's video was Detective Chimp. The name of the video is Detective Chimp, a magical ape. I would love for people to go check that out on YouTube. This coming Thursday, I've got an episode that will be coming up about Monica Rambo because I wanted to answer a lot of questions about Monica Rambo for myself. Made a YouTube video. Go check that out. The channel is just simply called Bruce Leslie. YouTube.com slash C slash Bruce Leslie. Uh, listen, I, I love the Detective Chimp uh, episode you did there because I didn't know enough about like, first of all, it's a fantastic name, Detective Chimp. I didn't really I knew, you know, kind of the idea of the character, but none of the backstory or anything. So uh, definitely check out his YouTube channel, guys. It's, it's definitely worth it. Sean, what Thank else? you. Towards the end of the movie, Captain America had returned the stones to their respective timelines and parallel universes. The stones that were already in the universe had been atomized by Thanos. Ah, gotcha. <laughs> I, I I don't know that. that I, I'm so stupid that I don't even know anymore. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Uh, so here movie podcast. Why don't you check out that, everybody? And uh, that'll do it. Uh, join us next week for another 30 questions for Sweet Shadows of Kovacs from the Internet. Bruce Leslie, I'm Anna Portress, reminding you to forget your past. This is your future.